We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Danny and Dusty. Merangatang is going to be a thing. You're not coining anything new. With Danny Merang and Dusty, the Fan Man Hera. All throws of monkey sounds in there and call it good. The old like, Danny Merang pie. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. The Fan. Good afternoon. <laughs> we are back. Uh, happy Icy Friday, everybody. It is an Icy Friday. It's not. A, it's no longer a snowy Friday. Depending on where you are, you may still be stuck because there's a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. Side roads bad. Bah, yeah, Main man. arteries good. Mostly. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I think. I think they. Did, hey, ODOT, y'all did a great job. Way to go, ODOT guys. You, you guys are working your butt off. Mm. It's hard. Mm. Again, you with your. <laughs> I don't know what your deal is. Don't know what your deal is. I hope they just plow all the roads and just, just shove it right in front of the meringue driveway. They just it probably, funnel it all to be honest, right there. It would, it, would be, it would be an improvement. Because you deserve it right now. Mm. Uh, main arteries, great. I think they're in good, really good shape. I had no real issues getting in. Uh, I-5 in the south is still a little... Yeah. You got to be careful. Yeah. You got to be careful. Especially when you're going... Uh, when, when, you, when you're driving under the, the uh, underpasses. Yeah, where the, the shadows are still hitting, still quite a bit of ice. Shadow. Yeah. Um. Every, I'm, I'm glad everybody made it safe. Yes. Uh, Wednesday when we left, it was like, oh yeah, kind of snowing a little bit. Like uh, there's a little bit of accumulation on on was, my car. It was when big I left. flakes, but it wasn't anything insane yet. We kind of. This is how you can sum up what happened on Wednesday. Uh, we finished the show at two fifty-five. Hmm. Um. I left. I got in my car at three. You and I both pieced out very quickly. Uh huh. I should have done that. <laughs> I got home in twenty minutes. Uh huh. I, I got home in about fifty, and which then, is not normal. Yeah. Well, this is to sum it up here. What happened? Jeff Russ lives a mile from me. Mm hmm. Uh, at three o'clock, it took me twenty minutes to get home, Yeesh. which is two minutes extra. Damn slow drivers out there. <laughs> two two minutes added to my drive. Jeff Rust left at 3.30. What time did you get home, Jeff Rust? 7.50. Damn. Yep. 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 So it, yeah. <laughs> it took me, in that 30 minutes, all hell broke loose on the roads in, in Portland. It did. And it took me 20 minutes and you, what is that? Over uh, four hours. Over Close four to four hours. and a half. Yeah. Yeah. It took me an hour get to get to I-405 at that, what is it, 16th and Everett there, yeah. which is less than a mile. Okay. It took me three hours to reach the mouth of the Vista Ridge Tunnel. 
Jeez. Uh, and then I was in the tunnel for an hour or very close to it. Which, by the way, if you're claustrophobic, that's no fun. No, like you know what my fear is when I'm in traffic on a bridge or in a tunnel, mm. the big one. Like, it is the big one that's, gonna happen mm. when I'm in the tunnel yeah, or when I'm on the bridge? That went through my head. Does the 405 bridge is that like just destroy you, just because you're up higher too? Um, no, it doesn't matter. No, okay. no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm feeling like uh, the wreckage and the just the carnage of cars that are all gonna funnel towards one thing. It doesn't matter mm. how big the bridge is. Uh, but thank you. I'll notice that the next time I'm on it. Oh, just thinking, Thanks, like, Danny. Yeah, you, you you come to, you come together, <laughs> and then the fall is significantly more dramatic. Yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You can think about how much it's gonna hurt as you're falling down. Yes. Cool. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'll think about that the next time. Did you know water is denser than concrete? Yeah. Cool. Um. <laughs> But that kind of sums up exactly what happened on Wednesday is 30 minutes later, all hell broke loose. Boom! I should have just busted out of here and put up the podcast from home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should have. Yeah, hindsight's always twenty twenty, though, right? That's right. But it really, it it was it, it was bad. It wasn't good because they couldn't put de-icer down because it was raining mm-hmm. all leading up to it. Yep. Which really puts a wrench in keeping the roads clear. Yes. Uh, and that, that'd that be a problem. And then the accumulation just came down. It was historic. Literally, yeah. literally, literally historic. It was the most snowfall yeah. we'd ever had yeah. in a 24-hour period. Absolutely. On record. And I love these texts. And like this text is right. Like You know those of us who grew up in eastern Washington just laugh at you folks over here, right? Yeah. Uh, like we get that. But also... Uh, we're not built for that. No, <laughs> like we're it, not built for four inches, let alone twelve. They don't allow uh, uh, yeah, salting you're gonna the wanna, roads. You're going to want to keep God that. Dang yeah, it. they we we, we could consult now. We yeah, can, consult we can. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then, in emergency happened? situations, though, they they did it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you, <laughs> salting if you, and graveling. Yeah, if you salt the roads over a long period of time, you'll rust the undercarriage of your of your vehicle. Yeah, but if you do it once or twice in a year, it's not going to. It be just a doesn't happen here frequently enough to for that. Yeah, know. no, that's that's fine. It's, it's totally fine to, to salt the roads here. There's there's no reason they shouldn't do it. Well, damage of cars, environmental issues that arise when Damn. you have a lot of salt on the roads. I mean, that's why. But we don't do we don't need it enough. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. once or twice a year, it's not a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's okay for the folks in Central Oregon, Eastern Oregon, Eastern Washington. So go ahead and laugh at the people yeah. over here because uh, woefully unprepared. Yes. Yes. Correct. Also, a foot of snow is fronts. not something we're used to in a 24-hour period. No. No. But it, it got gnarly out there. It did. And I know like my wife's uh, teacher, she knew of some of like her teacher friends stuck, had to sleep in their cars. Oof. Yeah. On the road. And then I was watching the news this morning and it, uh, what was it? Fox 12. I was mm-hmm. watching the old Good Day Oregon there. And uh, I think it was a Deborah Gill. Is that her name? Not going to tell you. She was uh, doing like a street report. And they're like, wait a minute. Is that car behind you missing wheels? And she's like, yep, we noticed that too. Uh, somebody so had their wheels taken their off? Their wheels were taken off the car and it oh. looked like somebody had broken into the window. It's like, wait, what? Brother. <laughs> it doesn't be- turn to Thunderdome, does it? Good Apparently so. Lord. Yeah, you got, they're playing pinball down the roads with cars, and then you have other folks, like, taking wheels off of cars, just leaving them. Just, was it on blocks? No! It was on ice. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, snow blocks. That's about it. Yeesh. Yeah, yeah. It was, that was Where a was that one. at? I have no idea oh, okay. where she was located at, but on the side of a road, uh, somebody just parked, and that's got to be a miserable feeling. Like, you know what? I got to abandon my car. 
Like, that sucks. That already sucks. And yeah. then you come back and it's on blocks. <laughs> Double whammy. Oof. Because you can't, you can't tow it. doesn't have any wheels. God, you can't even get it up on the flatbed. You to drag it up there. Yeah. Yeah. So that uh, mm. to that person, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man or woman, whomever. It's a real kick in the teeth. That is. That is. Did you guys get any snow day activities? Absolutely, I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There was um, there was a lot of sledding going on. Hey. Got, there was a lot of some, hours. Got some decent hills. Yes, we got a park right behind our house that has a big old hill down it, mm. and so all the kids were just bombing down the hill nice. um, while all the adults were getting bombed themselves. <laughs> staying warm? <laughs> staying warm. Yeah. That's how you do it. Exactly. That's how you do it. Uh, I'd like to I'd like to thank uh, Ten Barrel Pub Beer for <laughs> keeping me warm. <laughs> and it was it was really weird. You take if you take a beer out of the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. And you start drinking it when it's 25 degrees and windy, mm-hmm. that beer f- tastes warm. <laughs> Weird, huh? And then all of a sudden, it's a slushy at the bottom. So yeah. it was a race to not have a slushy. So, yeah, no, it's a race. Yeah. Got to make sure you get, get it down and over with. That's all it turned yeah, into. I like it. So, I uh, had good snow day. You have good so good snow day? Yeah, I just mostly just Did chilled. Nothing. Good. Literally. Good. Did them. All right. We've got uh, sports that we've got to talk about today, and we have to actually stay on topic and on time. Mm-hmm. Um, because we have Michael Sean Dugar of the Athletic. Mm-hmm. He's coming up in like six minutes from now. Yes, I don't know if you've uh, if you've heard about this, but uh, apparently Russell Wilson wanted John Schneider and Pete Carroll fired, Ow. so they traded his ass to Denver. Bye bye. Um, that was in, in the uh, the nuts and bolts of an Athletic article about Russell Wilson's tenuous first season in Denver. Mm. It was not written by Michael Sean Dugar. Full disclosure there. But uh, we want to get the Seattle perspective from the beat writer for the Seahawks for The Athletic. So Mike Sean, kind enough to join us. He will join us at uh, 1215. Because this article, the headline grabber out of it is the fact that Russell Wilson tried to get John Schneider and Russell uh, Pete Carroll fired, and then he got traded. But the bigger kind of um, scope of the article was, what a train wreck it was because Russell Wilson got everything he wanted in Denver no. that he never got in Seattle. Mm. And so that is that's the interesting part about this article is in letting Russ cook, one of his former coaches, oddly enough, says there were too many cooks in the kitchen. Mm. Hmm. Weird. Odd. Odd. Weird about that. So um, we'll bring Michael Sean on. He's going to join us in a, about five minutes from now to talk about that. But we also said the Blazers coming out of the all-star break in resting, uh, because that's important out of the all-star break, but there's a little bit more to that. There is more to that. Um, and the hornet's nest that I stirred up yesterday by a simple retweet. And then people got very mad on the internet. So, uh, we will discuss that. We, we got a ton that we got to get to. Uh, but where we start, let's go up to Seattle. Michael Sean Dugar, he covers the Seahawks for the athletic, a, a big athletic piece out right now um, by the Denver Riders and Mike Sando and Jason Jenks of uh, the athletic profiling. The year that was Russell Wilson's first season in Denver, but the scope of it takes a odd turn. How real is it? Did Russell Wilson want Pete Carroll and John Schneider fired? Michael Sean Dugar of The Athletic joins us. This is Danny Dusty on The Fan. We're not built for four inches, let alone 12. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. There is a piece up at The Athletic Rides now about the tenuous uh, first season in Denver for one Russell Wilson. Um, Kaylin, uh, oh my goodness. Uh, my gosh, I'm spacing on the name. Oh, the um, writers? Yes. Kaylin. What? Kaylin Kaylor, Mike, Mike Sando, and Jason Jenks are, are, the, are the three All authors line. of the, what? On the byline, yes. Yes, of the article. And, uh. It has a nugget in there that I think is catching the eye of everybody around the NFL, especially those here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, so we decided to bring on the man who covers the Seahawks for the Athletic. He is not on the byline of this article, but uh, he knows the Seahawks inside and out. Michael Sean Dugar of the Athletic, kind enough to join us. Uh, Mike, how's it going, man? I'm doing good. Doing good. How are you guys doing? I'm doing very well. <laughs> I mean, wow. This morning you wake up and you start reading an article and you go, what, what? Huh? Uh, the one line in that article that is catching everybody uh, by surprise a little bit is one where uh, it just says that Russell Wilson, last February, made an attempt to try to get John Schneider and Pete Carroll fired and bring in Sean Payton uh, to become the next head coach of the Seahawks. And uh, I-, I guess that's where we, we got to start with you on this one uh, because that put the wheels in motion to get him traded. How much have you heard along those lines about the the attempt to get those two fired? Uh, it definitely felt like um, after the 2020, the 2020 season, it felt like a them or me situation. And that was the end of the let Russ cook year. Um, because the other big takeaway from that story, because I think the, the part you're mentioning is like in the first three paragraphs, and then it's like 3,000 more words or something. <laughs> like what, I, what, what else I took away from that story was that like, Russ very much, like, has perception, like, I am the system. You know what I mean? Like, the let Russ cook thing was, like, let Russ do his thing. Like, me, I'm Russ. He trademarked the thing and everything. And you can see that when you had a guy like Brady, who who Russ compares himself to. Oh, Brady has a system. It's a TB12 or whatever it's called. And, you know, he went to Tampa, and they kind of brought the the TB12-ish 
vibe uh, there. And it worked and won Super Bowl and all that. And you could see Russ kind of want to emulate that, maybe look into the NBA, examples of like LeBron kind of being the system wherever he goes, independent of the franchise structure when he gets there. And I bring all that that stuff up to say, like, if you if you get to that point in your life where you're like, I am the thing that's, you know, making this go, and you get to where there's other guys who are more powerful than you, it does not then surprise me that, like, you get someone like, oh, well, wait a minute, man. Like, get these guys out of here. I need to be, at least not be more powerful than them, but let's be equal. Mm-hmm. You know, let's all collaborate on the off-season plan. Like, what linemen are we going to draft? Who are we targeting? Blah, blah, blah. What free agents are we going to sign? Like, that was all stuff Russ uh, voiced that he wanted here. And then you see that with Denver. He goes there, and one of the first stories from Denver, uh, Hackett's like, we're going to design this thing around Russ. Then it gets to draft time. It's like, oh, Russ was watching film with these guys and who they should draft. Oh, now Russ has his own office. Oh, Russ uh, feels like they're partners, not coaching and quarterback. Um, you see all the power that he wants. You know, he wants to be – he has an office on the second floor, right? Players are usually stuck to the first floor, right? He's just above uh, being a player. He's like, almost like management and a player. Uh, in that way. So knowing that about Russ, there was always rumblings here. It's like, okay, this gonna Jody Allen, the owner of the team, is going to have to choose between uh, Pete and John or the quarterback. Um, and you can even – I have a tweet. I think it's from like January of 2022, I want to say, where I say, I asked Seahawks fans, do you guys think Russ wants to be here? And you can look actually in the replies. There are a lot of them, but a lot of the replies are, oh, yeah, Mike, he wants to be here if they change the coach. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Mike, he wants to be here if they change the GM. So – the idea of Russ saying, hey, it's them or me, it's not that surprising to people who've been following along. This is just the first time it's been explicitly reported like that. When you look at the dichotomy, the, the two differences between how things are run, just how distinctly different as far as the, the power structure and what um, Pete and Snyder were allowing Russ to do versus what he was clearly allowed to do in Denver. Like how how different was it? Like you said, he, he had feedback in, in those meetings, but just how much of, of an imprint is he was he really allowed to put on game plans on week to week on big scope uh, signings? Like everything that kind of goes into that. Just how like where was that division really at? Because it's different from team to team, player to player. Whether you're superstar rotation caliber, whatever that is, but just how much did did Schneider and Pete really kind of tamp that down? Yeah, that's a good question because I think it it, it it evolved over time, which makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. He went from being like a third-round rookie making nothing to one of the highest-paid players in the league, right? So with you know with money, at least comes respect if it doesn't come power. Um, so you get something like Russ being in on them trading for Dwayne Brown in 2017, right? Or them signing Greg Olson, whatever year that was. Or trading for Jimmy Graham. Um, you know, just – so you see Russ has had some influence, you know? Like, I don't know if he's had free agent. Uh, a ton of free agent influence. I know, like, he was big on Josh Gordon. He openly campaigned for Anthony, uh, not Anthony, what's his name? Antonio Brown. Again, he had Greg Olson. Um, you know, so he's had some of it. He just wanted more. Uh, one of the things that we reported, um, and one of our stories, I feel like I've written a, written a bunch of Russ stories, although I'm not in on this one, uh, is that one of the things that set Russ off was being at the Super Bowl that the Bucks won. Um, and then, like, seeing that and be like, yo, calling the team, like, yo, man, what's our plan? How are we going to – how are we going to get to where the Bucks and the Chiefs are right now? I'm sitting here next to Goodell, and I'm pretty upset. Um, and then I don't remember all the specifics, but I do know from Russ's view, was perce- whatever answer he got to that question did not – it did not suffice 
Like he didn't get some blueprint or like, oh, we're going after this guy, this guy. It was more like, just trust us. We got this. This is our job. We're going to get this right. We all want the same thing, which is to win. And it just kind of just illustrates that he had some power when it comes to trade stuff. I don't think he, I don't know if he had an office here. I don't think so. Um, and I don't know how well received his private quarterback coach was in the building and stuff like that. Like he worked for the radio station here in the flagship station. So that maybe makes that relationship a little bit more complicated than it would have been in Denver. I don't think Jake's on the radio there. Um, but to answer your question is short. Russ had some of that power, but when you're not winning, then you want more influence. Right? Like you take all these hits and you're like, okay, well help me pick. I want to help pick the linemen. Oh, okay. Well, I want to help pick the running backs or help me pick the receivers, you know, since, you know, I'm, we're going to do this run first offense or help me pick what type of offense we're going to run. Let me help pick the coordinator. You remember that when they fired mm-hmm. Brian Schottenheimer and Russ wanted control over who they interviewed and hiring Shane Waldron and all that stuff. So yeah, he had some power. He had some like people consult with guys, but when you're not winning and you rest and you like, think you're part of, you are the system, then you're always just going to want more until you're hosting, hosting the Lombardi trophy. Michael Sean Dugar is our guest. He is uh, the beat writer for the Seahawks, for the Athletic. Um, we're talking a little bit about Russell Wilson and his, his time. And you mentioned Jay Keeps, and I think he's an interesting kind of character in, in this story um, of, of Russell Wilson in that you mentioned he had a radio show in Seattle. He's the personal quarterback coach of the former Seahawks quarterback, for goodness sakes, in, in a training camp. Um, and then he goes to Denver. You know, One of the things that I found was very odd in the article, just knowing and talking to guys that have played in the NFL is they would prepare their own scouting report. Um, I've never heard of anything like that. Like the quarterback and his personal coach preparing a scouting report that's distributed to the other players on the offense. I I mean, that seems like an incredible amount of, have you ever heard of anything like that in, in the NFL? I mean, that seems even more than what Alex Guerrero and Tom Brady were doing in, in new England. I guess for me, I came into the league covering Russ, so maybe excluding Jake from the from the equation for a second. Russ doing that stuff like meeting on Tuesdays and stuff. Like, I mean, even Gino now FaceTimes every guy on the mm-hmm. offense. I think on Tuesdays on his off day, Russ used to quiz his guys on stuff, and it wasn't necessarily. I think he had more game plan control Russ did in Denver than he did here. But for example, Russ here would would make sure every receiver knows everything about the coordinator that they're going against that week on defense. Like, hey, where what coach? What, what college did he come from? What tree is he from? And make sure they know everything about all the corners they're going to play. I remember one year they really – like they were going against the Dolphins, I think, 2020. And there was a rookie. Uh, I forget his name. He has like an African last name. They stay, Everybody studied him. Russ made sure everybody knew. They knew all the corners. But they remember there was a note about him that he bites on double moves um, for whatever reason. And they ended up getting him for a touchdown on one. It's just like stuff like that. Russ has always make sure his guys are prepared for it. When you think about it, that's not that weird. Mm-mm. You know, like, hey, let's let's make sure we know which DBs bite on double moves, which DBs are good against press, which DBs can't play off cover. You know, what linemen like to do, what type of speed rushes on third down. All that stuff is like going the extra mile in that way. That that stuff, I don't, and even the, 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 it's not weird to me. It hasn't been weird to some of the players I've talked to. And even some of the on-the-record quotes we got in this story from Jenks and Sando. Uh, and Kaylin, I actually was really proud that they got on the record teammates. Yeah. Cause in these kind of bombshell joints, you guys know it's a lot of like anonymous offensive player, which mm-hmm. I think we have some of that too, but not it's like Jerry Judy's on the record. I think like Dalton's on the record. Um, Melvin Gordon was obviously ex teammates on the record, but those guys even were like, the stuff wasn't, this wasn't that weird. Uh, you look at it and really it just weren't winning. Like all mm-hmm. that stuff looks weird when you're losing. Right? So, like imagine you, you game plan six days a week. <laughs> and to have the worst offense in the league. 
like that's when that stuff starts looking really weird. When you look at it, and, and the, one quote in general kind of stood out to me, and it, there's is as one offensive player put it, every week we felt like, okay, who are we going to be this week? And it's it's a it's a, it's a question of identity, really, for me. And you look at that, and how much of that kind of speaks to from the Seattle point of view that they were able to, despite everything else, continue their identity. Yeah, I think. Well, one that's another one of those things that sounds weird or sounds bad when it's not working because you could flip that and say that Bill Belichick caters his game plans to be entirely different each week mm-hmm. depending on who they're going to play. They could have a run-heavy game plan one week and then throw 40 times the next game, all based on opponent. But again, if it works, it looks like a genius. And if not, it looks like you're having an identity crisis. But I do think they were having an identity crisis, and it speaks to what was going on in 2020 around here. They had the let Russ cook thing. And then midway through the year, people's like, well, okay, you're turning it a lot, turning it over a lot, sir. I would like us to run it a little bit more, and that'd be more of the foundation. And you watch maybe from week 10 to week 17 of the 2020 season in Seattle, and you can't tell what offense they're trying to be. <laughs> and that's what, that, that's what kind of happened in Denver. You could see, like, are they running Hackett's offense? Are they running Russ's offense? And to a lot of people around the league, probably coaches are like, why are we ever running what the quarterback says we should run? Like, we should build it around him, but – he ain't the offensive coordinator. You know, and you read those quotes, that's that's why they didn't have an identity. They never had an established hierarchy of who who they should be listening to. That's when I, when that quote you just read, that's how I heard that. Because mm-hmm. I was one of those people who read that Peter King quote um, that he got anonymously from someone in Russ's camp who said that Russ and Hackett aren't co- coach and quarterback, they're partners. Mm-hmm. I read that, I tweeted that, I said, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Like, that could go bad very, very quickly, and you see how it manifests itself. Yeah, week 11, they're making a game plan. It's like, okay, we're running Hackett's game plan. We're running Russ's game plan. Like, that, that's where that quote was so alarming. So that's why they ended up having an identity crisis earlier in the year. On Twitter, at Mike Dugar, covers the Seahawks for The Athletic. Michael Sean Dugar, thanks for the time, man. Always appreciate your insight, and uh, thank you so much for taking a few minutes for us today. All right, no problem. You guys have a good weekend. You too, buddy. You as well. There he is, Michael Sean Dugar uh, from The Athletic. Look, there's there's a lot that is in here. Yeah, that, the particular one is is what he ended on, and how much that sounded like Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn. The we need to we're all coaches we're all coaches here. here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, almost like uh, maybe empowering players is yeah. um, there's a limit to how much you should empower a player. Mm-hmm. And honestly, we're seeing that in, in L.A. with LeBron James. There yeah. is a limit to this stuff. Well, in, in within the article, one of the I, I, there is an axe to grind here. And I, I'm here for it because <laughs> it's it, it stirs up a lot of controversy. But there there is unnamed there there are players that are named. And there's plenty of unnamed who... unnamed coaches. Yeesh. And you know the coaches are upset because they got their ass canned mm-hmm. because of this. But the 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 thing about what Russ did in Seattle and how it was different in Denver, the power that he got, they were printing out the game plans. Like he was saying, Russ would talk to guys and make sure that they knew everything. Mm-hmm. He was printing, they were printing out their own game plans on, on Tuesdays and distributing them to the players. And one of the coaches in there says, sure, there was a lot of stuff that we agreed on, but not all of it. Yeah. And, and that's where you have that friction point, that friction point of what, this is an off day, man. Yeah. And you're just, you and your personal quarterback coach, are distributing a game plan that may directly that's not, contradict that's what we want to do yeah. <laughs> as your actual quarterback's coach, your actual OC, and your head coach. Yeah. 
and that to me is why. It's absolutely insane. Again, it, it speaks to the level of empowerment and how you you have this. Look, I'm, I don't. This is going to piss some people off. I don't care. Do it. <sighs> There's a reason why you have bosses. Yeah. There's everybody wants to say you know the world needs to change. We need to get to a point of you know where everybody works at the same level. No, <laughs> no, we don't. Yeah. There's a reason you have four-star generals. There's a reason you have lieutenants. There's certain people as you progress through life. I'm going to use the military here because it's a background that I'm very familiar with. You start out as Airman Snuffy because you do everything. You just shut up and you do it. And as you progress, you become an NCO. You become a sergeant. You take on more responsibility. You work your all the way up to your chief. And guess what you're no longer doing? You're not in the field. You're directing. You're leading. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens. You That direction, that leadership, that framework matters because of all of the experience that is supposed to be there. And that's why first-time head coaches fall on their face so freaking often because they've never been there. Yep. All right, uh, let's keep unpacking the Russett-Wilson saga. First is Russ with SportsCenter. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. I was tired of my lady. We've been together too long. Like a All right, uh, the Russell Wilson saga continues. Right when the Seahawks fans thought they got rid of him. No, no, no. 503-864-6326. That is the fan text line. Um, we got... Chime in and let us know how right you were. Checks coming in. <laughs> this, But this text says, I guess I don't understand why the Russ story is even a story. He's been gone from Seattle for like a year. Who cares? It's over with. He's gone. Just stop dwelling on the past and let's move forward. He tried to get the most accomplished head coach. And GM. And GM fired from the team in a power move. And they said, one thing that I, I think, if you want to swing it back locally... I think that that says a lot about Vulcan and how they operate. The, the, the decision that they made with a likely Hall of Famer. Yeah, and who they trust there. I wonder who it would be in Portland that they would trust. Burt Cold and Jody Allen. Who who do they trust? Because it, John Schneider and Pete Carroll have been there for over a decade, mm-hmm. right? Nobody except for Damian Lillard and Joe Cronin Joe, who's is, been as an years. assistant GM yep. for 16 years. He's worked his way up, but in the role that he's in, it's a year who now. has the bigger <laughs> stature yeah. at, at, at this point, and who would that be that they would go with? But I think that it, it does say, like, hey, you want to play a power move, and this is, like, this is notorious, like, Vulcan, no. We put the people in charge, and it is a hierarchy, 
and you fall in yes. line. Yes, it's, it's exactly what I was talking about and the understanding of. And to be totally fair, I don't think Damian Lillard has ever been one of those guys. Yeah. Well, and uh, also, well, we, we should say that it's not like Vulcan has succeeded in every single time they've done this. But no. you know the chain of command yes. no matter what. They'll fail. They'll whiff. Remember here. But you know what the chain of command is. And Neil O'Shea, it was said that he was the top of the of the food chain of the food chain mm-hmm. there. And that's when Vulcan said, no, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> and you want a, another example of this when perhaps, you know, things got a little too far, uh, yeah. a little too public. Uh, go back to Kevin Pritchard. Yeah. And this is Paul Allen. This is not yeah. Jody. This is Paul. And KP got a little too big for his pants. Remember, this is the let Russ cook version, which was with Pritchard was the yeah. Pritch slap. Yeah. And it became kind of a, you know, a, a Hollywood feel of it yeah. was about the front office and about the general manager. And they were like, no, it's not. And they made Kevin Pritchard work on the day he got fired. Well, he got the last laugh by drafting Luke Babbitt and Armand Johnson. So let's not act like Kevin but, Pritchard didn't give one last slap on the way out. But still funny. <laughs> All right. Uh, so here's the nuts and bolts here. Uh, Russell Wilson wanted to get Pete Carroll and John Schneider fired. Mm-hmm. He denies it. He has a tweet out that says, I love Pete and John, uh, even though I highly doubt that. Do you expect anything less than no. Mr. Squeaky Clean Image Russ? No, but then here's the thing is that this is kind of hidden in that article. One of the first things that Russell Wilson did last year at the end of the season was hire a PR team. Mm. That says a lot about him. Well, yeah, of course it does. I mean, he's and, on his image is everything. Yes, and the uh, the athletic this time uh, reached out for comment before publishing. So shouts to them for that for that this time. Um, but the response they got from Russell Wilson wasn't from Russell Wilson. It was from Russell Wilson's legal team. Yep. Arrow. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't say controlling the message, I don't know what does. Yeah. Uh, Russell Wilson, uh, as as Michael Sean Dugar in our last segment pointed out, he had his quarterbacks coach. Personal quarterback mm-hmm. coach Jay Keeps in the building with him. Uh, also, his physical therapist mm-hmm. was allowed full access to the building, and his nutritionist. So, like, remember with the the, the whole Alex Guerrero yeah. TB twelve thing? They allowed Guerrero into the building, but then Bill Belichick said, "No, I'm not. This is not happening," and sent him packing. Yeah. To Tom Brady. To Tom Brady. Who, if anybody's going to have this leeway, it's him. Okay. Uh, in there, in the article, it says that Russell Wilson had a, a second-floor office, which um, one of the players said is littered with motivational quotes and play concepts just all over whiteboards, wall-to-wall, which the motivational quotes thing is so... That's... So Russ. God. And those, it, it is so annoying. Like, it's cool when you see them. Time to time, you're like, oh, that's cool. But then, like, you're just beat over the head with them. Like, you have the cat holding on to the branch. Mm, says, hang in there. Say, what do you think yeah. the odds are yeah. he's got that one? <laughs> well, oh. at 5 and 12, I bet you it went up at some point. <laughs> Listen, here's the thing. Like, it's very much Neil O'Shea-esque in his word of the day stuff in the press conferences. It's yeah. it's not real. Yeah, It's very fake and forced and manufactured. Like and it's, getting a PR firm. Yes, and that's exactly it. And, that's, and the other part of this is that kind of points into that is him having the install of basically his old offense. Yeah, well, in, in the two minute. It, yeah, there there is a lot of that in there. But in that office, it was on the second floor mm-hmm. where players didn't feel comfortable going up there because it was for executives only. And the only time you go up there is when you're getting cut. Yeah. 
So players didn't want to go up there in the first place. You're not pressing two on the elevator. And then a coach, and this is where the axis, the coach comments in this are great dynamite. <laughs> but when you talk about the axe to grind, uh, it said that Russ made his teammates know that he had an open door policy. <clears throat> and a former coach said, are you a coach or are you a player? Your open door should be sitting at your locker, which I think is a great, great, great quote. But also it's like that that is a little extra of a dig there. But it, it, to that to what they said, though, is that at, when it all fell apart at the end of the year, management pulled Russ in and said, hey, man, we need to change some stuff. And he gave up his office in one, one of the, uh, I think it was was it Hamler who, who was in the article said, uh, yeah, he was around a lot more in the locker room. Hmm. He wasn't he basically. That's where that blurred line between what is Russ? Is he a player or is he a coach? How are you going to get buy-in if the guy's not in the locker room and he's not with you? The best times that you, you have when you are a literally second floor. Yes. But the best times that you have where you come together and you build that trust is in a locker room Good before and after practice. Mm-hmm. And that was gone when Russell Wilson had his own office. And so like there's like this snowball effect. And then you mentioned, which I think is a, a really interesting point, and this is kind of the where the fighting happened. Mm-hmm. And th- this is where you can point to what happened in Seattle and what happened in, in Denver. It all makes sense. That two-minute offense is very fascinating. We'll get to that. This is Danny and Dusty on The Fan. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, The Fan. Well, my friends, the time is the roof and I'm not jealous at all that you do Yacht Rock Friday and I don't get a medal Monday. <laughs> Rude. That's because uh, Metal Monday, less than Yacht Rock Friday. Wow! Truth comes out. He said it. I don't... I don't think that's controversial. <laughs> Uncultured swine. <laughs> yeah, this is the guy who listens to people screaming. <laughs> All right, uh, we're we're uh, back in the uh, Russet Wilson article in the Athletic, where he kind of uh, he gets dragged in it for sure by uh, Jason Jenks, Mike Sando. Uh, and Kalen Kaler of The Athletic. Is there anything in here where you're like, yeah, Russ comes out looking okay here? Yeah, uh, where at the end of the year, I think there was this idea he was conceding. He was conceding that, yeah, it's, it's not, not my working. way. Giving up the office, heaps out, nutritionist, physical therapist out. You know, That's like, got to be humbling. I think five and twelve, and getting your coach fired is yeah. When when he when they give you everything you wanted, and it is not just a failure, an epic failure. Yes. I think one of the things that was made him look the worst, and the get trying to get Pete Carroll and John Schneider fired, and it not working, and him getting traded. That's what the big headline is. But I think the thing that makes him look worse is things like it, it buried in this is he would change cadences. Like during the game, mm-hmm. and his offensive line would 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 be like, dude, we haven't we barely practiced this stuff. Practice mm-hmm. this stuff, and you're they had the second most false starts in the entire NFL. The delay of game stuff, mm-hmm. where they were a mess, and Nathaniel Hackett wore it 
yes. all of it and said, we need to be great for Russ. Well, in this, they're saying that Russell Wilson's in the huddle going, giving motivational speeches or overcoaching in the huddle mm-hmm. in that Nathaniel Hackett was getting the plane with plenty of time. It's Russ. It's Russ overdoing it. Overdoing it. And because he had so much leeway and then they get to the line of scrimmage and you get to delay a game. Like that stuff, that's that's on the quarterback, and that makes you look bad because you're a veteran. You're supposed to know better than to do this. And all it did was it made Nathaniel Hackett look terrible. Made made him he look had, way worse. He had his own game management issues that he did have problems like with, kicking a 64 yard field goal, when to use and not use timeouts and things of that nature. But he had to fall on the sword because guess what? He wasn't his head coach and quarterback. He was his partner mm-hmm. in this endeavor. <laughs> the installed the the Seattle two minute offense. Do you remember about midway through the season when there was a an article that said a player from Denver said that Russell Wilson was using code words that they didn't understand. Yeah. That's that's reaffirmed in this article is that that was middle of the season. Mm-hmm. Remember Lockett, the first game, he was telling the defense. Yeah. He, he went over to the defensive players in the sideline and went, look, man, he's using our same calls as last year. He's telling you, this is the go. Stay over the top of it. Yeah. And the, remember, that game comes down to a one-score game because the defense is able to snuff things out because they're using the same freaking package. Man, there was, like, it all created uncertainty within the Denver Broncos. When you give a guy, a player, too much power, it can all fall apart. And what what's really interesting to me is um, the reason why Nathaniel Hackett was okay with handing over that power is because he saw Matt Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers butt heads at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And you remember how how stressful that was. And that was a there was tension in that relationship. Yeah. But and there still is. There's but tension, tension in every good relationship. But tension can be good, right? Yes. And Nathaniel Hackett said he didn't want that. Like he said, Lafleur would bring plays in and concepts in. Rodgers would dismiss them and say, no, no. And he didn't want that. But those two guys, they have not gotten over the hump and gotten to a, a, a Super Bowl or won a Super Bowl. They've gotten to an NFC championship, though. And an MVP. And you can have great success. It's a hell of a lot better than 5-12 and because that team had no business being as bad as they were. They no. got bit by the injury bug, which should be they didn't noted. Get, they didn't get bit as hard as uh, the the Chargers did. But it's every team in the NFL gets bit by the yes. injury bug. It, it is a 100% injury sport. They got the crap kicked out of them by the Raiders twice. Yeah. That should tell you everything you need to know. I think in all of this, there's some things that you need to, like, you can parse out. One, the Dalton Risner, who is on the record in here. There's a receiver that's on the record in here. Melvin Gordon's mm-hmm. on the record in it. It's across the It's offense. not as bad as the fired head coaches whose whose comments are in this who are saying like there's too many cooks in the kitchen and it's not as bad as what the fired head coach who do have an axe to grind say because he got them fired but it isn't good no it's not and they're they're saying that there was a lot of uncertainty as to what they were doing what their identity is and how they can operate they still like they went 5 and 12 with a complete dysfunctional the mode of operation. Mm-hmm. Sean Payton will change that. It already has. Russell Wilson, the humbling moments that Russell Wilson went through this past year, it may catapult this Denver team forward. 
they're not that far off from winning. In winning, they just got Vance Joseph back, former head coach um, of the Denver Broncos. Kind of weird. But you bring Vance Joseph back as a defensive coordinator. That happened uh, uh, yesterday while we were gone. And now you have Sean Payton running that offense. They could be scary good, man, as long as Russell Wilson can check his ego at the door and let the coaches do their thing and know where his input is needed. Because if Drew Brees and Sean Payton, if that, if you just say, say what did Drew do? Whatever it is, take it. Do it. Because Sean Payton gave Drew Brees a lot of leeway. Sure. he oftentimes, But it was also earned. Yeah. He oftentimes would be like the last guy in to practice. He went the first one into practice. He'd be the last guy in. But it wasn't because he was unprepared. He was preparing until the very last minute, mm-hmm. whether it was his shoulder, whether it was mentally between the ears, getting everything right. Everybody else would be on the field, and Sean Payton would allow Drew Brees to be the last guy in. And Because the, he always came correct. Because if you are ready, you are in that leeway. Yep, That's all you have to do. And I think what o- Russell Wilson is the ultimate uh, try-hard guy. Yes. And he needs to stop trying as hard to win the people over and prove it because he— he has the talent to do it. I'd say just be yourself, but no. Yeah. Don't do that either mm. because you're weird. He's a weird dude. And, and his and brand means more than yes. anything else is. That's the thing. Gosh. Is that, listen, the, the, the TB12 stuff was always secondary. Yeah. It was always secondary. Eating, never eat a strawberry. I'm going to go home and eat strawberries just because. Yeah. See, all right. TV 12 may have led to Tom playing until he's 45. Mm-hmm. Tom's best football when, is when he was winning back-to-back Super Bowls while doing beer-chugging competitions against his offensive line. I was gonna say, Let's not forget that. Yes. And here, speaking of offensive lines, there's quotes in this story that are from the offensive line. Yeah. That's not good. No. Like, no. that's the last group of people on your team who you don't want to have complete trust with. Well, they did point out that the offensive line didn't pick him up after a sack in the final game of the year. That's bad. That's a, Can't have that. No, that's what I'm saying. And like I don't I don't know how you earn that trust back because that's a that's a group that you burn that bridge. Can you rebuild it? No. Uh yeah. Yeah. But you got to you got to kind of get your ass kicked you for. You got to do a lot. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you got to you got to kind of go through it. You're not wrong there. All right, uh, Portland Trailblazers come out of the All-Star break with an expected thud after a wild day of travel. Danny and Dusty on the fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, 
They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.